We have, we have a treat tonight. We have Evangelist Brooks coming to preach the gospel. Give me a hand as he comes. Preach the word of God. Check, one, two. Can you guys hear me? Good. What's up, family? All right. Good to see y'all. Everybody all right? All right. Good, good, good. All right. Counting the privilege and the honor to be before you tonight. Um, it's my honor. I've been in this church 20 years. 20 years, me and my wife. 20 straight years. I ain't take no break. 20 straight years. And to see where God has taken us and to see where God is taking us. You ought to be a little excited about that. Just slightly. And so we're going to have a good time. Can you say amen? I ain't come to play with y'all tonight. I ain't come to play tonight. We're going to get down to business. We're going to believe God. We're going to see something happen, and we're going to leave here blessed. Somebody say amen. amen. Not because of me, not because of what I'm talking about. It's because of Jesus. Can somebody shout amen on that? Because of the Holy Ghost. You got to believe that, folks. We can't come in here and be like, oh, whatever. No, no, no. We got to believe for something. It may be a un poquito. Maybe a little bit. But you got to believe for something. Hold on to something and believe God to expand it. Amen. All right, I just had to say that. All right, Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18, if you have your Bibles. Again, I want to thank Pastor, the privilege to come before you tonight and believe God with you. Genesis chapter 18, we're going to look at verses 10 through 14 in the Word of God. You can hold your place there this evening. You know, I have a membership at the YMCA. And me and my, my sons, my men, we used to go there. <laughs> we used to go. We still pay for it, but we used to go. And we would go and we would work out. And so what I would do is I would work them out first because, you know, it's easier to watch somebody work out and tell them what to do rather than you do it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and so I, I'd work them out first, and then I would try to go, you know, do my little thing, amen, and so forth. And one day we come to deadlifting. And so deadlifting is my thing. I can't run. Right? I'm not going to be on the Stairmaster, but oh, put some weight on that bar and put it on the floor. I'm picking it up. And so we get to deadlifting. And so I'm challenging my boys and, you know, we're adding weight to the deadlift, uh, to, the, to the bar. And they're doing it. And, and then, you know, they're like, eh, and they start reaching their limits. And so I tell them, add more weight to the bar. That ain't enough. Add more weight to it. They're like, Dad, what are you talking about? Add more weight to the bar. Because I'm about to go in here and get me some. They look at the bar and like, add more weight, add more weight. Now there's a good amount of weight on there. And my boys said, you can't do that. Now Tyler, no. He worked out with me. He know, don't tell me I can't do something. He got video. But listen to, listen to me. And I said these words as if the Holy Ghost was dealing with me and them. Don't limit your father because of your limitations. Don't limit your father because of your limitations. 
In other words, don't tell me what I can't do because you can't do it. Don't project on me your weakness. And that's what I've come to declare to you tonight. Don't put limitations on your heavenly father because of yours. And tonight, we're going to break all that tonight. We're not going to look as God as we look at ourselves. Somebody shout amen. But we're going to look at God as limitless. And say he can do all things. And we're no longer going to perceive him as we perceive ourselves. Don't limit your father because of your limitations. Let's read our main text. Genesis chapter 18, verse 10. We'll start there. In that 14, the Bible tells us this. And he said, God speaking here. I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, because of that, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, surely I shall, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. Sarah and Sarah shall have a son. Let's pray, church. Father in heaven, we thank you. God, I bind every strategy of hell right now. Every demonic strategy, principality, we cast it down, God. We rebuke the spirits of evil and of witchcraft that would try to intimidate. Yet, God, that would try to discourage and distract. God, I pray, let your Holy Ghost move in this place. Let it be an atmosphere conducive of faith and belief. And we thank you, God, for your mercy and grace. And all God's people say with a loud shout, amen, hallelujah. Don't limit your father. If you're taking notes tonight, don't limit your father. Let's look at the filter, perceiving the promise. So we read the story in our text, and obviously we can begin to make our assumptions and bring forth our questions. But here is what I want you to keep in mind. Being without child is all they know. They don't know any different. All Sarah knows is she's never had a child. And I'm sure that we can assume that they tried. Come on, somebody. We, we can assume they tried. That they went through the process in order to become impregnated with no results. Keep in mind also that they are past the age of being able to have a child. So our text tells us that as, good, um, that as God was speaking to Abraham, Sarah was listening behind the door. Listen to the text again in verse 10. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure. As Sarah listens, she is doing what we often all do. Filter what God has said through our current circumstance. Oh, I'm going to preach to this side. I like this side a little better. My people on this side. I said we, she did what we all do. Is that we take the promises of God, we take the word of God, and what we do is we filter it through what we're going through. 
through our circumstance. In other words, we hear what God has said. We read of God, what he has said, and the things he will do, and the things he can do, and we filter it through this. Is it realistic to us? Can God really move in my marriage? Can God really move upon my children? Can God really bless me in the financial area? Can God heal my mind? And we say, is that realistic though? Because I've been this way for so long. Sarah hears God and look at what she says. I've grown old. Shall I have pleasure? My husband's old too. Do you see it, church? Here, she's filtering through reality, and it's causing her not to lean on God's word, but on her ability. Too often we look at our own ability. We look inward and what we can't do, and then we put that on God. We put limits on Jesus and his power because of the constraint of our power, because of the narrowness of our capabilities. And we start looking at God as we look at ourselves. So instead of saying God can do all things, we go, I think he can. I th yeah. Right? We don't want to say it so we breathe. Because <laughs> you don't want to say the words, I don't believe you. You just want to be like, oh, uh, well. I preached him. <laughs> don't worry about it. Numbers chapter 13, we see it again. Numbers 13, verse 27. Then they told him and said, we went to the land which, where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and, th and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, y'all know about that word, nevertheless. Nevertheless, meaning what I said is true, but what I'm saying is greater than what I just said. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in that land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. Verse 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in what? Our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Do you see what I'm talking about? They had the fruit. They had the evidence that God is not a lie. They had the evidence that God is true. They had the evidence that God can move. They had the evidence that God can deliver, that God's promises are yes and amen. But oh, when they came to trouble, they filtered it through what they could do. And said, we can't do this. Well, who said you were supposed to do it in the first place? They looked at their own limits. They are bigger. The land is fortified. We can't go against. See, church, this is what we got to fight off if we're going to believe God truly. Filtering God's word and truth through our weaknesses and deciding that it can't happen. We got to kill that. Somebody say amen. amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 21. So we asked his father, how long has this happened? Has this been happening to him? And he said from childhood. And he often has thrown himself, thrown 
him in both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Listen to these. Oh, Lord, listen to these words. But if you can do anything, this is the man talking to Jesus. But if you can do anything. Have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe. All things are possible to him who believes. The father comes to Jesus. His son is messed up and possessed. The disciples couldn't heal him. Obviously medicine ain't doing it. His own prayers possibly ain't doing it. He comes to Jesus and looks what he says. Jesus, if, if. If. Because that's how we live. Well, if you can, if you can give me a right, that'd be great. That's how we live. I mean, oh, God doesn't live in if. He says, if you can. And Jesus, and I, and I feel like Jesus was almost like, whoa, don't put that on me. It ain't if I can, it's if you can believe. In other words, Jesus like, the if is in the wrong spot, sir. The if is not on me. Can you believe? Because I know what I can do. Come on, somebody. There's no put that limit on me. And sometimes we put that if on Jesus, don't we? Come on, some, come on somebody. Haven't we prayed that, God, if you can. God, if you can move this mountain. If. No, no, no. The question is, can you believe he can move the mountain? God, if you can remove this addiction. If. Listen to me. I tell my kids all the time, it's either he can or he can't. Can he do it or he can't do it? There's no if. Well, if he wants. Well, if. No, 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 no. If you can believe. <laughs> if you can believe. Jesus was showing this man, don't put your weakness on me. This man looked at what didn't happen. The state of his son and just like Sarah, the factors in which were immediate determined how he felt about God and what he can do. And that's what I see all the time in our lives. Come on, somebody. We look at the factors surrounding. We go, if you can. If you can. Don't put limits on your father tonight. Don't filter God's word and God's power through your weakness and decide he can't. Because you can't. Let's look at the laugh. In our text, the Bible says that Sarah thought all this within herself. Emotions, thoughts coming together to a conclusion, a laugh. Genesis 18 and 12, therefore Sarah laughed within herself. The word laugh here in the Hebrew means to mock. So I want you to think about what has just happened. At first, she's listening, she's thinking, and now she's mocking at what God said. Do you see how putting limits on God can cause you to react when people speak about faith? You ever been there with somebody like, oh, God can move? You're like, huh. <laughs> Maybe for you. God can heal her. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, don't tell me nobody ever been there before. We like to call them people super spiritual because we ain't. Huh? We like to say, oh, they should just be you know, super spiritual. No, it's because you don't believe how. And so you're laughing when God says, I can move in your life. <laughs> Maybe somebody else's. 
I can help your children. <laughs> Maybe somebody else's. I can help you in this area. I can help you in your finances. I can help you in your mind. I can help cleanse that heart. I can help remove the callousness of the heart. Ha! Maybe somebody else. And what we do is we begin to laugh. We laugh within ourselves. And possibly, church, the most terrifying, I won't say the most, but one of the more terrifying scriptures to me is right here in verse 13. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Now look, I don't know about y'all, when I read that, I get chill bumps. Can you imagine that? Now Abraham, notice, didn't say nothing the whole time. He, But in his mind, he's like, she just had to laugh right there. Because he didn't go, Sarah, what you laughing for? He said, Abraham, what she laughing for? I wasn't laughing. I was attentive, Lord, to every word. I just wonder sometimes, was Abraham checking, or God was checking Abraham, checking that temperature. You laughing too? You ever had your kids laugh when you're serious? You'd be like, go to your room. And they're like, what's so funny? No, no, daddy wants to laugh too. Let's all laugh tonight. What's so funny? You get serious, right? What's so funny? I mean, can you imagine God saying, why is she laughing? It's like when you with your homeboys, you're about to fight. What are you laughing at? That's scary because, like, why he talking to him and not me? Your brother about to pull a gun on me. What he laughing at, bro? What he laughing at? I just wonder, was he checking the temperature? Can I, can I inject something? I, I got a little bit of time. Can, men, sometimes we need to check ourselves when it comes to faith and believing and make sure that we're not making our families laugh because of our lack of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because of what we speak. When your wife is like, no, we can take the land. Girl, please. God can move and all that. Come on now. All right, I know. Go ahead. Go. Yeah, you go pray. And then when you get serious, you wonder why people are laughing. Remember Lot? Tried to get his family out. What did they do? They laughed. Laughed at him. He said, like, y'all about to get destroyed. <laughs> Listen, folks, I don't know how that works. You tell me the building is crumbling. I'm not laughing at you. I'm going for real, and I'm running with you as we get out the building. <laughs> but because of whatever was in Lot, they looked at his words as funny. Ladies and gentlemen, just make sure that your family members, your friends, your your church isn't looking at you when you talk about faith and they're laughing like, <laughs> okay, you don't even believe that. Okay, 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 okay. Questions check the heart. When I read this, it gives me the flavor of God almost being offended. Are you laughing at me? That he's la She's laughing at his word. Can I ask you a question? What do you do when you hear the promises of God? 
What, what do you do when you read the promises of God or you hear a sermon or you hear a brother or sister talking about God and what he can do? Can I ask you a question? Just be honest in yourself. Do you laugh to yourself? That works for you. But not here, bro. A little different. I had somebody tell me, I can't. Listen, folks, if you ever tell me that, I'm going to go off. Don't tell me that. Don't be like, well, that worked for you, pastor. Oh, yeah, because I'm just. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It just worked for me because, you know, the Lord only loves me. Like, get out of here with that, man. Let's not make it. No, it can work because God said so. Doesn't matter about individual. Doesn't matter about persons. What matters is what God has said. What do you do when you read the Bible and you come across scriptures concerning deliverance? Concerning dominion. Freedom. Do you laugh? Do you laugh? Do you say to yourself, that's for everybody else? The laugh of Sarah was a sign of years of disappointment. I'm not ragging on Sarah tonight. But that was of years of disappointment. That, that laugh wasn't because she didn't love God. I don't believe that. I don't believe she didn't love God or she didn't trust God. I think it was just because of the heaviness of what did not happen. The hoping and the wondering. It's just like, <laughs> I've been praying for 20 years, Pastor. <laughs> you ever been there? Hoping but not getting. That laugh was a sign of believing it was over. It was a sign of believing fruit couldn't come from a fruitless person. The laugh speaks of how long it has been. See, oftentimes this is why we laugh. Not because we don't love God. Not because we're rebellious. Because of how long it's been. That's why people laugh when we say Jesus is coming back. How, how long have we been saying that? Now think about how long Mr. Bob been saying that. Think about how long Pastor Campbell been saying that. Pastor Howard Warner, these brothers is 9,000 years old. <laughs> Jesus is coming back. What do people do? They laugh. Well, you've been saying that since the 60s. Time. And oftentimes, that's why we laugh when we hear God's, because of time. Look how long it's been. And you're telling me God can move on. Look how long I've been sick. Come on. Come, come on, we're, gonna, we're just going to be real tonight. Y'all already know I am. Look how long I've been sick. Look how long my marriage has been like this. Look how long my finances has been like this. And you're telling me God can move on. Okay. So I'm not ragging on Sarah, but I understand. But that doesn't mean it's okay. Come on, somebody. Doesn't mean that we can laugh. Come on. Doesn't mean, amen, that it's okay to do that. To, because, oh, as I close, go to verse 14. And if I get a little excited and y'all want to stand in like bumps on a log, don't mind me. You just be there like bumps on a log because I'm going to get excited. I come to church to get excited. Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Oh. 
At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. I want you to notice a couple of things as we wind down here tonight. Sarah and Abraham are now standing before God. Sarah has laughed. Abraham has been silent. Smart thing to do. But oh, God doesn't leave it there. He doesn't leave it there at the laugh. He doesn't leave it, amen, at the mocking. Come on, somebody. Thank God for his grace and his goodness that he doesn't leave us there when we're doubting, when he doesn't leave us there when we're laughing. Doesn't leave it there. He says these wonderful words. Is anything too hard for the Lord? God is dealing with Sarah. Don't put your limits on me. There are many hard things for you, Abraham, many hard things for you, Sarah. But what can you think of that's too hard for me? Come on, folks, you, you feel that many hard things for you, Abraham, to deal with. <laughs> oh, there's many hard things, Sarah, for you to try to comply and deal with and go through. But oh, name something that's too hard for me. Name something that's too hard for the Lord. Puts everything in perspective. So he's saying, maybe you may not be able to deliver. You may not be able to save, but God can. Come on, somebody. You can't break chains tonight, but God can. You can't heal, but God can. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Oh, come on. Can somebody just give God praise for that? Can you give him glory that nothing's too hard for him? I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what your sight is saying to you, your mind, your heart, anything too hard for him. Answer, no. No. So there's nothing too hard for him that I'm no longer going to filter him through my weakness, through what I can't do. I'm going to say, God, you can, and I know I can't, but you can. And I won't doubt your word. I won't doubt what you have promised. I won't doubt what you have said. From this point on, I believe. You know, I really don't think this was a question. I think it was a statement. A definitive, not like asking them, hey, is there anything too hard for me? No, he's like, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I'm just telling you. Is there anything too hard? We need to apply this to everyday life. Nothing is too hard for our God. Also notice God tells them, you shall have a son. The promise of God is not cloudy tonight. It's not murky. It's clear. Can you say amen? It's direct. Amen. You don't have to question it. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. Joshua 21, 44. The Lord gave them rest all around according to that he, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of anything of anything good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Church, you can trust God's word. You can trust what God has said. That statement is anything too hard for the Lord breaks the boundaries we put on God. 
it destroys the mind that God can't. In your prayer life, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Come on, somebody. When you fast, is there anything too hard for the Lord? It's not just a statement. Oh, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of thinking. It's an atmosphere. You know, my sons, you know, they've gotten to a place where I've trained them pretty good now. But back in the day, they'd be like, Dad, I can't. I'd be like, don't you ever tell me you can't. What'd you just say to me? What'd you say? I can't. Don't you, ever, don't you ever use that word in front of me. Don't you ever use that word in front of me. Don't you tell me you can't do nothing. Can't is not in a man's vocabulary. Don't tell me you can't. Because you'll justify why you don't. So don't tell me God can't move. Don't, don't tell me you can't believe anymore. Say you can't. Is there anything too hard for God? Notice he also tells them all of this, you'll have a son at the appointed time. Always remember, church, God's time is always right in a certain season of life. What if it isn't that God hasn't heard you? Maybe it's just not the season. What if it isn't that God doesn't hear the prayer? What if it isn't that God has cut you off? What if it's just, no, no, no. The season hasn't come yet. I was thinking about this with marriage because I know some of y'all. Some of y'all are like, well, what about marriage? You know, the season. I know, I, I can feel it. Like, what about this? Right? What about that? Okay, no problem. There are seasons in marriage where there's friction. But that friction begins to show what you are and show what she is. And if you deal with it correctly, you'll have a season of blessedness. Come on, somebody. If you deal with it right, you'll get out the selfishness and the stupidity. Come on, come on. And you'll have a season of blessedness. I like that word, blessedness. <laughs> Everything has a season, folks. And sometimes we want to rush the season. And I understand it. But understand that God's season is perfect. His timing is perfect. So that doesn't mean not to believe. Just realize there are certain things in certain seasons that grow. There are certain times of life where we're praying for this and it happens in a whole other season. That doesn't mean stop believing. It doesn't mean God hasn't heard. Could it possibly be that it's just not the appointed time for it? Church, I told my boys, don't put limitations on me because of yours. I'm not you. And when I lifted that bar, I showed them, I ain't you. But you ever put no limitations on me. I go way beyond you. And don't put limitations on your father tonight. Somebody shout amen. Because he goes way beyond you. You put limitations on God no more. If God. Take the if out of your vocabulary. God isn't us. Ephesians, and I leave you with one last scripture. Ephesians 3 and 20. 
Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church of Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Who is able to do way more. That's who we give glory to. Him who was able to go way beyond. That's who we give glory to. Where? In the house of God. This is where we believe. This is where you need to. This is where you need to believe. Cry out. God, I know you can move. In that prayer room, we should be. Oh, God, I know you can move. Are you putting limits on God tonight? Because it's time to break them. Somebody say amen. We're not going to limit God no longer. Can somebody say amen? We're going to believe God like never before. We're going to believe God like never before. We're going to believe for miracles now. Did you hear what I said? That parent that you think can't get saved? No, we're going to believe now. You follow what I'm saying? That, that person that we like, there is no way they can get saved. Oh, no, 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 no. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? That personal issue that you have, you've been battling. You can gain dominion. Come on, come on. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Don't put the limitations on God any longer. I don't care where your mind has been. I don't care where your heart has been. I know you can be renewed and reformed. Come on. I know that. Why? Because there's nothing too hard for God. Nobody in here is a lost case. Because there's nothing too hard for God. The same way he healed me, he can heal you. The same way he's touching people in Africa, always oh, touching people right here in Newport News. Don't tell me he can't. And tonight, we're taking off the limitations. We're taking off the limitations of our prayer life. Huh? We pray what we think can happen. Well, this sounds like it can happen. I'm going to pray this. this. This is more logical. Take the limitations off. This, this is something that God can do. <laughs> this, this fits. We're taking limitations off tonight. Let me leave you one last story. I'm talking to my, my father-in-law. My father-in-law, he's a preacher. He, um, I watched his Father's Day uh, sermon. He preached a sermon at his church. and Pretty good sermon. Not better than mine, but pretty good. <laughs> I hope he watched it. I'll do the So, but... He, he always says, I, I'm believing God for the generation. And what he means by that is, is he's believing God for his daughters. He has all daughters, but he's believing God for his grandsons. And then when they have children, their children's children, children. He says, son, I'm always believing God for greater than what I can see. I say, oh, that's right, dad. Yeah. Always believe God for greater than what you can see. Then he ended with this. I'm believing God for y'all to come down here. I said, oh, that's not in the heavenly. That's not in the heavenly book. <laughs> There's nothing too hard for the Lord, but he don't want me there. Come on, somebody. But that touched me, Mace. I'm always believing for what I can't see. I'm always going farther. I'm always going beyond. Church, can we go beyond now? Let's not stop at what we can see and what it looks. Okay, that looks about right. No, no, no. Let's go beyond that now. 
Let's take the limitations off and let's see what God will do. Can somebody shout amen? But first, you got to take the limitations off your mind when it comes to God and his power. You got to take the, the muzzle off your heart when it comes to God and what he has said. And once you remove that, who knows what God will do? Come on. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed.